Welcome to the Crestline Seventh-day Adventist Church. What a wonderful day this is, and what a beautiful Sabbath day. Welcome visitors, and welcome church members. Let me see if I get a hand of the visitors. I don't want to miss anybody. I see two right here. I see one in the very back, and a couple here. It's so wonderful seeing you here in church today. Amen. Before we begin with the message, let's have prayer. Father in heaven, we are here to worship you. We are here to know that you are always with us and that we should not worry. We should let you worry. Lord, I pray that you will help us to claim your promises and that you will help us to draw near you because we know that you will draw near to us. And Lord, I pray that you will drive out any worry or fear that we might have and in its place give us joy and give us rest. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Do not worry about your life. Jesus cares about our lives, doesn't he? And as the scripture this morning tells us, we should not worry about what we're going to wear, about what we're going to eat or drink. Because our Father in heaven will provide what we need. He knows exactly what we need. He knows everything that we need. I looked up the word worry and the word fear. Do you know those over a hundred synonyms for those words, worry and fear? I'd like to go over, list just a few of them there's so many, and it's like after I'd read about 20 or 30, I want to go further and look at the opposite of worry and fear. When we are anxious about anything, we forget about going to Jesus first. Sometimes, a lot of times we do. When we're dismayed about anything in our lives, it's not a happy feeling, is it? to feel dismay or doubt. I think all of us have a, a little bit of doubt about so many things. Uncertainty. I don't like uncertainty. I want to know. I'm sure all of us want to know. How about fretting? Fretting is not good. And you know, when somebody frets, you can almost tell what they're thinking or what they're going through when they pace back and forth, back and forth. There's no patience in that. They're just fretting. What about distress? We hear news all the time, and it's about distress, dismay and doubt. What about heavy burdens? I don't like heavy burdens. I know Dan doesn't like heavy burdens. And neither do I. And concern. 
I'm using this word because when we're overly concerned about things, we have forgotten Jesus. It's not good to forget Jesus in these cases. Now the opposite of worry. This is what I would rather have in my life. A contempt. You know, in the Bible, it says that we can have content in Christ that goes by passing all, um, anything you would imagine in Christ, that everything's going to be okay. I like to be contented. I know you all do as well. It's good to feel content. What about perfect peace? You know, I think of a text in the Bible. Isaiah wrote, it goes like this. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. I'll wait a second for you to look it up. Isaiah 26. You know Isaiah, the great prophet, he prophesied about so many things, every single prophecy came to pass. You know that Isaiah thought of Jesus a lot. Thou wilt keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And verse 4 goes on to say that when you allow Jesus Christ, the rock in our lives, he is steady and he never fails. He is the rock. I really like that verse, and this verse was one of the favorites of one of my dear, dear friends named, named Walter. I don't think you knew Walter, but he told me some of his favorite verses in the Bible, and it makes me think of him as he claimed the promises of God. How about instead of worry, Trust. Trust in God. We can't always trust in man, but we can always trust in God. I love that thought. Trust in God. Solomon, the wise Solomon, he wrote in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. If Christ is directing your path, why worry? Why worry? Why do we worry when Jesus can direct our path? Sometimes we don't know which direction. Sometimes we don't know where we're going. Sometimes we don't know the future outcome of things. It makes us worry. But don't we know the one that could lead us into the right path? Now, one of the right paths that I can think of is righteousness. And when you are going into the path of righteousness, you know the one leading you. It's Jesus. He's leading us. Another wonderful, I call an opposite of antonym of worry, is abiding in Christ. When you abide in Christ, you feel real rest, rest for your souls. Of course, the opposite of rest in Christ or abide in Christ is restlessness. I don't want to be restless. I want to be restful. And so you'll get restfulness in Christ.
You know, talk about rest. There's a text found in Matthew chapter 11. This is a text we ought to take a look at on the Sabbath day. And when we do take a look at it and meditate on it, we know who we are worshiping. Jesus, his words. His words for us today, as well as for the disciples. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. Why worry? Jesus gives us rest for our souls. He does that personally because Jesus is personable. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I really like the sound of that. When you feel burdened with the worries and the cares of the world, there's no way you have peace. There's no way you have restfulness. There's no way you have joy. And obviously, you haven't been trusting in the Lord. I know of somebody that knows that text by heart, and she actually recited it for me. You know who you are, Catherine. Yes, she knows that text. She knows it very well. You know, when you're anxious, before we get to anxiousness, what we need to do is very specific, as Paul writes. Paul writes this in the book of Philippians. I'll get to that. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. I want to ask a show of hands here. How many of you know this text? All right. You know the text. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Paul reminds us we need to thank God before he answers that prayer. If we're thanking him for something he's about to do, shouldn't that take away all the anxiousness in our lives? That is a beautiful text. He says prayer, prayer. You can never pray too much, but you definitely can pray too little. And when you ought to be praying, it's because you ought to be taken care of and throwing worries aside and throwing out the fear that you have. You know, Paul lived a full life, and he learned how to get rid of worries. He learned how to get rid of fears, and dropping down to verse 10 through verse 13, he tells us, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Who's having concern for Paul? It's the church in Philippi. Indeed, you have been concerned, 
but you had no opportunity to show it. So I am not saying this because I am in need, for I learn to be content. When we are content in Christ, how come we worry? We needn't worry. So whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. If we can learn to be content in every situation, our worries will just drift away. Our fears will disappear. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, he found joy. And you know, back in first, verse 4, it says rejoice. Paul knew about rejoicing in the Lord. He said it a couple of times to the church there, at the Philippians church. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. Rejoice. We need to think about rejoicing today, tomorrow, and every day. Verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ. I can do everything who gives me strength. You know, Jesus is our refuge. He's our rock. He helps us do these things. You know, in the, uh, in the Bible, in the, the books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it says that a mustard seed's worth of faith can grow to move a mountain. That's because we know who the one that moves that mountain. If we have something in our lives that we just cannot figure out and we're so worried and we're fretful, we might even pace back and forth, we may lose sleep. But it's because we have neglected prayer and neglected to pray and to ask Jesus for the answers. He has every answer there possibly could be. Every answer. Verse 19 of Philippians 4, one of my favorite chapters and books, it tells us, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Does Jesus' gifts and riches, glorious riches, ever run dry? Never, never dry. Paul also writes to us in Romans 8, 28. How many knows this text? I knew you would. I knew you would. Romans 8, 28. I can do all, no. All things work together for good to those who love God and called according to his purposes. All things work together for good. If you got a dilemma, you got a problem, if you're uncertain, you don't know what to do, ask Jesus to help it all work together for good and that you know he's already doing it. Are the promises in the Bible sure? All of them? Everyone? How many are there? Anybody know how many? A lot. How many is a lot? 
Come on, somebody's counted them. Over 3,000. You know what? We could never memorize 3,000, or maybe, maybe we could, maybe we should. How many of you think the Apostle John was an amazing, amazing man? He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote the uh, first epistle, second epistle, third epistle, and he wrote Revelation. Turn me with me to 1 John 4, verse 16. Verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love of on the love that God has for us. When we rely on God's love, we rely on the future and we can ask him, take away this fear, take away what I'm going through with this worry. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. One of my favorite texts in John is found in the first part of 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love. God's perfect love. There's no fear. If you have fear... It's time to trust in God's love for us. God's love for us. All right, that's the knowledge and the wisdom that God has when we, to give us when we know God uh, very close. Now, in the Bible, we find a man, a very patient man, a man filled with wisdom on high. He sacrificed every day. He prayed for himself, his wife, his children. He prayed for his hired help. He prayed to God. And he, he uh, had the right sacrifices. His name was Job. I bet he had plenty to worry about. He's probably thinking... What did I do to deserve this? He's thinking, God, did you do this to me? He's got doubt. And he says, is there something I did that displeased you? I don't think he understood what God's agreement he had with the devil. And you know that God wouldn't allow Job to be killed, lose his life. But everything happened to Job. He lost his servants. He lost all his Animals. He lost all his children. And to top that off, he got sick and he had sores and boils on his whole body. Did he have a lot to be worried about? He might have thought about worrying. He might have thought about fear. But we know where Job was all the time. He proclaims in Job 19, 25, I know my Redeemer lives. Do we know our Redeemer lives? Yes. How do we know Jesus lives? He was resurrected. And before that, he died for our sins. 
And the um, apostle, disciple John says, I was an eyewitness. I saw it. I saw it all. I saw Jesus. I was at the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying and sweating the drops of blood. He was there at the cross. He was at there at the transfiguration. John knew that Jesus was real, and he is real. How do we know? He lives in our hearts. He lives in our hearts. We can learn a lot from Job. Another man in the Bible, we have Joshua. This guy is the commander of the army of Israel. And he's about to go to war against the entire uh, Canaan, that land, that promised land. He was worried. He had fear. But God, who was Jesus, came to Joshua and he says, I didn't create you to be in fear and worry. I'm telling you, you need to be courageous. Be courageous. I will go with you wherever you go, just like I did with Moses. Joshua learned to be courageous, and he threw aside all fears. And he proved it by his life. He proved it. Another man in the Old Testament, we have Jacob. Jacob was a deceiver. He lived in uncertainty of whether or not his brother Esau would come and find him and kill him because he'd stolen something. He stole the birthright. He was troubled. He was fearful. And in Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 to 30, we find the angel of the Lord who was none other but Jesus Christ wrestling with Jacob to try to get his attention. He says, Jacob, I will change your name. From now on, your name is Israel. What is your problem? You don't stop wrestling with me. It's been the whole night. He even touched him in his hip, so I guess he walked with a limp afterwards. But Jacob, he wouldn't let go of Jesus until he had been blessed. He was asking for forgiveness. You know... God doesn't pick perfect people, but he does pick people who are forgiven. And Jesus forgave Jacob and even his brother Esau. So these men of God, they listened to Jesus. They listened. Isaiah 41, chapter 41, verse 10. This is another text of a very dear, dear friend. One of you knew her very well. Her name was Nona. And I taught her the Bible studies in Sabbath school and in prayer meeting. And she shared with me this favorite text of her, Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you. I will lift you up with my righteous right hand. You know the hand of God is omnipotent. And then in verse 13, for I am the Lord your God. 
who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Does God or will God ever fail you when he says he will help you? Never, never. Never, never. Do not fear, for I will help you. Back to Paul before closing. Paul is a very interesting man. If he has reason to fear, have doubt, feel anxious, feel worry, it's, it's Paul. You know, Paul, he called himself the chief sinner of all. And that would top off David, Adam, and Eve. Paul, the chief sinner. You know, there's a text in 2 Corinthians of how Paul was persecuted for him being ambassador, sharing the gospel, going on the missionary journeys. Paul was stoned. People don't live after being stoned. Did that give him a spirit of fear and worry? Oh no, because he got right back up and continued doing what he was doing all along. You know, he was shipwrecked more than once. He got bit by a poisonous snake. They had no antidotes for the poisonous snake bites. Should have died. But God took care of him. He was alone in, I'm thinking, the Mediterranean Sea all night, all night long. He got whipped when he probably might have deserved it and then when he didn't deserve it. You know, that's something you never want to go through, that's for sure. He spent time in jail. He was robbed. Are there anything, other things that happened to him? Most of us would have given up. Maybe the shipwreck. Maybe the time in the hospital to get well after a snake bit you. But not Paul. Never gave up. He even went to the uh, King Herod. And after witnessing the gospel, Herod says, you know, you almost convinced me. If anybody could convince Herod, it would have been Paul. You know, today we have, we have many, many things to be concerned about. Our lives, our personal lives, or things that go around us in this world, especially in this country, we have worries, concerns. I know I've spoken with a few of you. One of them is religious freedom. Are we concerned about that? We must not let this concern make us worry or fret or be in fear. Religious freedom. What about our own safety? When you get into a plane, when you get in onto a ship like Paul, are we sure we're safe? Well, let me tell you, when we know we're under his wings, we are safe. Worshiping in peace. Sometimes we're concerned about that. Sometimes we're concerned with that. Even Jesus says, I know you have concerns about latter-day events. 
We know that nation rise against nation. We've seen that. Threats and threats and threats all the way around the world. And Jesus said, this is going to happen. I'm not telling you to give you fear. I'm not telling you to make you dismayed or to worry. We know that he's promised our bread and water will be sure. Our life in him is going to be sure. If we believe in Jesus Christ, we don't need worry that whether we live or die, that we will only sleep for a time and be resurrected in the morning. Or if we live, that it'll be Jesus that's going to take care of us in every instance. You know what? There is something that we can absolutely do right now to combat or have an antidote for worry. I know what we know what that's about because we've all worried in our lives. One of the things that will help us have strength strength to throw fear and worry aside is our faith, our faith in Jesus. We need to have faith. Another one is the hope. Somebody tell me, what are we hoping for? What do we hope for? The second coming of Jesus. That's what we hope in this glory and that he will take us to our real home in heaven. But number one, because we know there's something that outlasts faith, that outlasts hope, And what is this third antidote for fear and worry? Louder? Love. Love. The love of God. The love of God will drive out every fear and worry that we have and all those other um, synonyms for worry. My prayer today is for us to seek the Lord in prayer. Whenever we have concerns about what's happening in the world, what's happening in this country, the things that are happening in Washington that are things that we don't agree with, even the, the, how the, the Supreme Court votes, even the concerns we have about pandemic. We've all heard people talk about their fears. You know, I saw one person with a mask. It said... Mask up today, tomorrow, and beyond. What does that word mean to you? Never end? That's not what Jesus wants. I, I, I really seriously tell you, we won't wear masks in heaven. Okay? Why? Because Jesus wants to see our smiling faces. He's not going to hide his from us. He wants to see our smiling faces. So, why worry? Why worry about our lives? Because Jesus has the lives, our lives, in his hands. And we are sure of the salvation. And we are sure that we will see Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, our desire and our goal is to see Jesus. Lord, help us whenever we have fear or worry.
to take it to you in prayer and thank you that you have delivered us in advance. And Lord, I pray that you will replace it with a growing faith in you and a hope that lasts until we see you and to know your love for us so that we may have the fullness of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.